Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. How, how are you doing today? It's Friday in, in London here on a cloudy day. And now you, you may recall that in July, I reported that a judge in, in a county court had ruled that you, landlords cannot advertise their, their properties and, and then say no DSS or working tenants only. So it it, it became a, a ruling as such. And it, you know, it's been in picked up by the media and, and, and all this sort of thing. And and it, it, it does seem that still landlords are uh, continuing to uh, advertise no DSS on their properties. And, and now the BBC, unbiased organisation, as you might call it, have, have launched their own uh, investigation into this. They're, they're now investigating landlords and, and finding that landlords are actually uh advertising still still advertising against this judge's ruling that they're still advertising no dss and they've they've highlighted a young couple we've been looking for a place uh for two years and uh we, we can't find anything because they won't accept no and, and i look at the guy and i say this guy's a young guy why doesn't he get a bloody job in two years he hasn't managed to get a bloody job and so I'm, I'm sorry, but that's that's the way I feel. So, some of these people are swinging the lead and, and they're layabouts. You know, benefits is, is meant to be a safety net, not a lifestyle choice forever. Now, I know there are people in difficult, difficult circumstances, single mums and all, this, and all the rest of it. Uh, yes, but a lot of people, believe me, are swinging the lead. They're, they're on benefits and, and some of them are even doing little cash jobs on the side. It goes on. We all know it goes on. And, and you know, you can say what you like. But anyway, this this um, this this thing has gone on. And uh, as I said last month, this judge said that uh, she, it, it, this, it, this was a case of a single mother of two who'd experienced indirect discrimination when she, when a letting agency refused to, to rent to her. And she sub- subsequently contacted this organisation called Shelter, which I'll talk about in a second. And they took her case all the way to court funded by by shelter uh, which also receives government funding by the way it, it's it's meant to be a charity well it is a charity uh, but it it acts in, in a different ways I, I think and I'll talk about that anyway the judge ruled that DSS bans are against equality laws and the Equality Act and it was judge uh, district judge Victoria mark now incidentally this was ruled in a in York County Court not the High Court in in London not the appeal court not the European Court of Human Rights, not uh, the Supreme Court. This was in, in a county court where you go and sue somebody for £500 or, or you, you know, you, you, you have a dispute and, and this sort of thing. So it's so quite the, the, sometimes called the small claims court. Right. This, this is what this judge has said. So uh, this is not binding in law. OK, the, the, these these kind of rulings, as they say, are nothing more than persuasive authorities which may influence judges in similar cases in in other similar cases and and my experience of the county courts is that you could go to one judge 
and they say this and, and another judge will say that. I know this because I, I, I sued a large number of people for money and the, the differences in the judges was was astounding. One judge would say, yeah, I can see that. They owe you the money, right? I ruled against that. Bang. Another judge made it like a two-hour trial and, and questioned me as, 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 I, as if I was the rogue. And, and, and then he ruled against me. And then I appealed and I got that got thrown out as well. So it, it's crazy what, what goes on in, in these district courts. It, it's just totally subjective. It depends on, you know, which judge you get, which side of bed they get out in the morning, whether they've read your bundle. Yeah, they, they do read the bundle. But, you know, if they don't like the way the bundle's laid out, they might just say, well, I'm, I can't read that. I can't find that in the bundle and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and and barristers and solicitors know this. They say, oh, we can't upset the judge. You have to lead the judge down the road and, and be very careful what you say. You don't want to upset the judge and all this sort of stuff. And it's all wrong. It, it should be cut and dried. Anyway, that's the, my rant there about uh, county court systems. It's, I mean, it's, it's county court system is... is 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 uses technology based on the last century it's not even up to this century and you know everything's a lot of stuff is paper-based yeah you can do online claims and that sort of thing but it still comes out to bundles in a paper that's printed everywhere um and the whole process is so slow so when we talked about this uh tenant eviction ban when when that eventually ends it's been extended as i said when that eventually ends it's going to take months and months and months to get your your case even to court let alone get these you know pretty hopeless uh county court bailiffs to actually enforce things you know the system's creaking it's 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 just a a, a very outdated system of 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 so-called justice believe me anyway the bbc said uh that the landlords are still uh, flouting this rule. However, now the the, the landlords uh, trade body, which is the, the National Residential Landlords Association, of uh, which I'm, I'm a member, uh, the deputy director said that they always advise landlords that they shouldn't blanket ban benefit claimants. Uh, but the fundamental issue was was the affordability of renting. Now, incidentally, this case was against the letting agent, not the landlord. But yeah, some landlords, I'm sure, do say no DSS. You see it on, on spare room and that sort of thing. And an actual spare room, I'm not, I don't know about now, but spare room had a, a tick box thing where you could say, do you accept uh, DSS tenants? And you could tick it or not tick it, you know. So that that's that. I don't know if they've changed that in the in the last few weeks since this, this ruling. Uh, but he, he, he points out that, you know, there are issues on, on with universal credit, um, you know, how long it takes to pay benefits, how long it takes to set up, uh, that, that there can be a shortfall between the housing benefit and the private rector, uh, sector rents in some cases. In other words, in, in more expensive areas, the, the local housing allowance could be much lower than the market rents, as it is in, in my area. Um, banks and insurers saw benefit claimants as a higher risk. So again, I mean, your mortgage um, company, if you've got a buy-to-let mortgage, may not allow you to uh, let to, to benefit tenants. So you, you need to check that as a landlord. And and also landlords are trying to avoid extra fees that they may incur in you know going for credit searches and, and referencing agencies when they, they know that they're going to be refused. Because if you go through one of these rental guarantee schemes, it may just automatically refuse uh, people in that situation. And we know that complaints about universal credit are are widespread, you know, taking months to pay landlords, as has happened to me, and, and then giving the rent directly to, to the to the uh, the tenant. 
and mix it in with their with their benefit payment, which is is not the way it was supposed to be set up. But they they just ignore. I think some of these people honestly dislike landlords. They're, they're actually jealous of landlords who, you know, they see as you know making all this money out of of, of poor tenants and that sort of thing. And I, I think they purposely say, well, you know, we're going to give the, the the rent to these tenants directly. I really do think that goes on. You know, judging by some of the the people I've I've come across in the past. Uh, and and they do seem to make life very difficult. You can't call them. You can't get hold of anybody. You can't. Uh, th- there's various numbers on the website. When you ring the website, the government website, that number's discontinued. And they they use this COVID nineteen excuse, but I can't see why they can't take a, f- a phone call. I was going to say something else. A phone call due to COVID nineteen. It's a it's a joke. And basically, there's no way of getting through to them on the phone there's no email addresses you can send send anything to the, the job centers where they they all hide inside you know they're looking out the window you can't get in there because of covid19 i mean the, a lot of government departments believe in quangos have used covid19 to, to cover up a multitude of sins and, and basically as an excuse for giving bad service or, or zero service so we know that there's problems with universal credit and that's why landlords have avoided them um, now I've had I've had experience in in both. I've had experience with private and and tenants and and, and DSS tenants, and uh, you know I won't go into all of that now. But uh, there's risks on both sides, obviously. Now, just talk about Shelter, for instance. Shelter is the organisation that brought this this case, and I'm putting a link up to Shelter. You can look them up on 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 my website on on MoneyTipsDaily.com and on Facebook. Shelter is is what I would call a left leaning charity which campaigns for the end of things like no-fault evictions. They've campaigned the government, lobbied the government to end no-fault evictions, uh, which are what? Just just a landlord saying, uh, your tenancy's come to an end, uh, or you know, we're giving you notice that we'd like the property back. And, th- and they call it a no-fault eviction. It's, it's a very twisted form of, of using language to, to make it sound like it's a bad thing. No-fault evictions. You're evicting the tenant. No, the, the tenancy's come to an end, and, and under the agreement, you should leave. Why should you have to go through for a no-fault eviction? They want all that ended. They want to, to stop landlords being able to get people out when, the, when they need to, which could be for a variety of reasons. It could be for, it, it doesn't mean that the tenant's at fault. It could be that the landlord wants to sell the property. It could be the landlord's retiring or going abroad or whatever. But why is it called a no-fault eviction when it shouldn't even be an eviction? You come to the end of your agreement, you go. Just, just, just like any other agreement. They also want to uh, campaign for further regulation in the social housing sector as if we haven't got enough regulation and new laws to force landowners and, and developers to to give out more land for social housing. They, they call this um, uh, land landowners and developers using loopholes to, to get out of providing social housing. Well, no, they don't. Some, some, some de- I was in the planning committee of a, a local council. I was a councillor. Yeah, they come to an agreement with with some landlords who say, look, we are building luxury uh, apartments here. That they're going to sell for a million pounds a time. Uh, we, we can't then put a corner of them and say this is for social housing. So what do they do? They give them money. They give the council money to build social housing. And what do the council do? They sit on this money and it builds up and builds up. So, so don't blame these loopholes. Yeah, you can't build a luxury housing development, a luxury and then put. Uh, social housing on on the same place it's going to devalue the properties that they're they're trying to sell for a higher price and and that's 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 democracy that's capitalism you, you know that's why the developers are there to make money and and i've seen a block of flats where they have uh, they've got three blocks and one block is is social housing and 
believe me, if you go in and you see one block, you look outside and they've got an underground sort of car park at the back, nice tidy, you know, that's okay. Uh, and then you go to another one, yeah, that's fine. And the social housing uh, block, believe me, it's a mess. There's People don't even collect their posts from the box. It's all the boxes are brimming with posts. There's cars there with, with in bits and, and tires left around and, and generally a mess. They had to close off the, the rooftop garden because people were going up there having barbecues and burning the roof, chucking things off the roof, all sorts of things. So, you know, the social housing tenants are making the other people who bought their properties and paid money for their properties a bit of a misery, really. It, it looks it looks terrible. And you could just look and you could say that's the social housing sector. Uh, there's other housing places I've been to where you, you could look and see that the privately owned houses and then you see a corner over there, same houses, but why are they they dirty? Why are they their bikes in the in the in the front garden and tires and and unkept lawns? You know, and these are people in social houses actually have more time to cut their lawns and look after their houses. So I uh, believe me, I, I've seen it from both ends. And and I, I don't come from a wealthy family. You know, I I you know when, when my family were immigrants, they came here to, to the UK. Uh, we I grew up partly in social housing when I was young. I grew up in social, so I know what it's like, and and I know the mentality of saying. Well, this is not my house, so I'm going to make a mess. It's the council's problem. I'm not going to pick that bit of paper up outside. The council should do something about this. I've seen that mentality firsthand, so I know what it's like. And that's why since then, I've always lived in my own place. I've always bought my own property. I've never gone back to council housing. Anyway, back to shelter. Shelter, as I said, is a, is is a is more of a, uh, I'd say, a left-wing pressure group. They have an annual income of 67 million, according to their accounts, of which 18 million comes from grants and contracts, grants and contracts. Some of that is government money. It's government grants. Uh, and, and we know that that government money is taxpayers money. Now, they reported a three and a half million pound surplus uh, as a charity. You can't have a profit because they don't pay tax, but you can have a surplus. Uh, so they're making money. Uh, and. The uh, the chief executive. Do you know what the chief executive salary is of this this charity? It's not a small charity, by the way. The chief executive's salary is one hundred and twenty eight thousand pounds, four times the national average wage. It's it's probably like eight times the minimum wage, uh, and and this this chief executive is on you know a, a fantastic wage, almost up to where you know the levels of the prime minister would earn. Shelter also holds sixteen million pounds in reserves. Not, not money working capital, reserves. They sit on £16 million and they had a balance after you know everything was paid out in 2018-19 in of £26 million. Now, that money could build an awful lot of social housing, but Shelter don't do that. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 